yeah, 17 and 18 in Psalms, they're pretty um, quick and easy. Um, nothing too difficult. Um, so we're going to dive in. Um, those who join in, I appreciate it. Um, and those who listen to later, um, I appreciate it as well. Um, just trying to definitely get the word out, um, grow and learn in God's word. So, um, you know, as always, open it up with a word of prayer. Um, and uh, hey sis uh, Heavenly Father we thank you for allowing us to come together one more time well, we thank you for this opportunity we thank you for this day uh, we thank you for just uh, bringing us together we thank you for technology we thank you for your word um, we ask as we go into this word that you help us to understand you more clearly that you help us to lead by example in our lives people can see that we are followers of you and children of you uh, we just ask as we go into this um, you open up our hearts and our minds so that we might utilize the word um, and take it with us each and every day um, and everywhere we go to help someone else and not only ourselves um, we thank you for your blessings we thank you for your son in jesus name we pray amen <clears throat> so Starting with uh, verses 1 through 3. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of fine lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Um, this is David's prayer. Um, this is what he was praying probably right as he's being pursued by Saul and he's basically in danger. So he's praying this prayer, um, and it's coming from his heart. Um, he's basically saying everything that he's thinking at this time. Um, it's just like, if you could imagine being chased by someone and you're in fear, um, you're just kind of praying to God, everything that you can think about, uh, because your life is in immediate danger. Um, um, he's going to speak the truth in this, uh, prayer. Um, it's going to be very sincere. Um, but he's going to, um, be speaking from his heart and then he wants God um, as he's saying in verse 2 to balance things out um, uh, he is asking God for mercy um, and that's what most of us need we need mercy from God so he's just asking you know let me make it allow me to get through this um, he's saying I'll build my case with you God um He's just being honest. He's just building his case to God like, hey, I've done this and that. Please help me out. Um, show this man, the world, that I'm innocent. Um, you know who I am, God. Um, and that's often the prayer that we have in our lives when different things are going on. Um, we say, hey, God, let these people know who I am. Show them that I'm worthy of whatever it is that you say I'm going to get. Um, show them who I am um, because you ultimately know um, who I am. And he's saying, go ahead, look into my heart, examine me from the inside out. Um, show me and surprise me through the night um, that um, so that people will find out just who I say I am. 
uh, and that I'm not just speaking words. Um, but he's also telling God, like, search me, oh God, um, so you can find out who I truly am. And that's what we have to be mindful of when we're asking God to speak on our behalf. We still got to ask him to search us um, so that he can speak on our behalf. Um, because if He, you're not willing to be honest and upfront with him and so that he can search you, um, why would he be up? You, you, if he's upfront and honest with someone else about you, he's going to tell the truth. So it's better that, you know, we say, God, tell me the truth about myself so I can be prepared for what's, what's going to happen in my life or in the next situation. Uh, verses four and five concerning the works of men by the words of thy lips. I have kept me from past the destroyer. Um, hold up my going in thy past and my footsteps slip not. He's saying, I'm not trying to get away. Um, well, I'm not trying to get my way um, amongst the people. Um, I'm trying to have your way. So he's saying, I'm not trying to necessarily get, get my way so that people see my way. I'm trying to make sure that you get your way out of my life. Um, oftentimes we live our lives so that um, we get our way and it has nothing to do with God. But David is saying, I'm not trying to get my way. I'm not trying to do that. I want to have your way. Um, please help me. He's going to basically uh, follow God. He's going to stay on God's trail. He's going to stay where God wants him to be. Um, he's not going to quit, though, even though he's being chased, even though he's um, wanting to. He doesn't want to be killed. He's telling God, even though I'm in this time, I'm not going to give up. And that's where we have to be. Even though I'm going through a test, even though I'm going through a storm, I can't give up. I can't quit because I know you are taking me where I need to be. You're going to lead me to a higher position um, of where you said I'm going to be. So I can't give up at this time. Um, I have verses six and seven. I've called upon thee for thou would hear me. O God, incline thy ear unto me and hear my speech. Shew thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by the right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. He's saying, God, I'm calling to you because I know that you'll answer. So please answer. Please um, hear me. He's saying, God, I'm in trouble. I need you to hear what I'm saying. Don't ignore me. And it's not saying God ignores him, but he's he's calling out. It's just like. You call up, you call someone, you know, they hear you, but you want to say, hey, listen to me. They're looking at you, but you want to say, hey, listen, make sure you get what I'm saying. Um, and so that's what he's doing here. He's saying, God, hey, I need you to really listen in to what I'm trying to say. Um, so please just listen up to what I'm trying to say to you. Um, take away the people who aren't needed. Um, people are running to you, God. So save those people who are running to you because they need your help. Take away the enemy from them so they can get to you. Oftentimes, there's so many people that are um, trying to block you from getting to God. Um, David is asking God to take those people away. Uh, more often than not, you will find people trying to hinder your progression when you're trying to do something for, for God. Um, they're going to try to block it because it doesn't seem like it's normal. It doesn't seem like something that um, normal people would be doing. So they're going to try to say, hey, do something else. Hey, 
do this. Hey, you can't do that. Uh, but we can't live that kind of life. We have to understand that when God has a plan for you, it's ultimately important that you follow his plan and not your own. And don't be discouraged because other people don't see that plan. Um, many times um, when you have uh, something from God, he gave it to you for a specific reason. He didn't give it to someone else and he might not. He didn't give it to them. And so they might not understand it. So when you go and do it, are you going to tell them about it? They might try to discourage you, not because they don't believe you can do it, but because they've never done it and they don't think it's possible um, through their own ability. So they will say. You probably shouldn't do that. Um, don't get discouraged by that. It's just people. That's what we do. Um, when someone is tries to do something that's not ordinary, um, that's not normal, we try to discourage them. So we're trying to protect them, what have you. Um, and that's kind of what happens in life. Um, verses 8 and 9. Um, kind of going two by two verses because they kind of go together. Um, it makes it kind of... I don't know, easier, uh, but also these are kind of quick um, verses in chapter 17. Um, David was, he was in trouble. So I'm trying to get into the mindset of him. You know, if I was running from someone, I don't have a lot of time to sit and do um, a lot of writing or a lot of talking. I got to keep staying on the move um, so I don't get caught. So he's kind of staying on the move and keep moving forward. So verse eight, keep me as the apple of thy eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Verse nine, from the wicked that oppresses me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. He's saying, God, keep your eyes on me. Don't lose sight of me. Um, just hide me from my enemies. Hide me amongst you. Um, be my shield so that they can't see me, so they can't get to me. Um, please just hide me. Um, because people are out to get him and he's just asking for God's protection. And that's what we do every day. We ask God for his protection because people are literally out to get us. Um, you never know who it might be. You never know who is trying to get you. Um, but when you ask God for protection, you're also asking for things seen and unseen, not just the things that you naturally can see. Because sometimes uh, there are people who don't like you and who are out to get you that you've never met. Um that they've seen you or they've heard you and they don't like your story. So they're out to get you. They're trying to hinder what God wants you to do because the enemy is trying to fight you. But the enemy can only fight the spirit. So it's um, something that he does. He sends it out upon people so that they can block you. And they might not even know why they don't like you. But the enemy has sent the spirit out so that they can try and block you from getting to what God wants you to do. All right. I'm going to hit y'all with a um, few verses at a time, uh, the, basically to the end. Um, they are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth, they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in our steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth, like as a lion that is greedy of his prey and is where a young lion lurking in the secret places. Um, again, David is crying out to God saying, I need you to help me. Uh, people are after me. He's talking about Saul and Saul's army. I'm hiding from them, but I need you to protect me. Um, they are trying to rip me apart. They're trying to tear me up because they don't want me to accomplish what you've already said. David is going to be anointed king. Well, he's already been anointed king and he's going to be king. And Saul knows this. So now he's out to kill David. 
um, and he must. But what Saul doesn't know is that this is God's anointed. So no matter what he does, he's going to escape. And that's what we have to realize about our lives is that when God has anointed you to do something, no matter who is coming after you, they cannot stop it. God's will and work will come to pass so they can't they can't block your blessing um, as much as people want to say somebody's blocking your blessing when God has something from you there's nothing that anybody can do to stop it and that's all is being said here is that um, although the lions the people coming after me are trying to rip me apart um, they can't do anything because David's already been anointed king so although it hasn't happened yet, he's going to be king inevitably. And that's what people have to realize. Um, um, he's saying, free me from these people chasing me, um, but hold me close to you so that I, I'm not attacked. Even though David knows he's anointed king, he's still afraid. So even though God has told you what he's going to do for you, you still can be nervous. You still can be afraid about what's going to happen. Um, so don't worry. It's natural for that to happen. But realize that when God says he's going to do something in your life, be confident in what he's told you. Um, even if you don't know how to do it, because God has told you, he's going to show you the way. Ultimately, um, he's going to show you how to walk into your favor and uh, destiny. You just have to be willing to take those steps and walk. So David here, even though he's afraid, he's still moving forward. He's still moving towards God. And that's what we have to do is even though you might be afraid, even though um, you might not understand what God is doing, just keep walking towards him. Just keep walking towards the light. And eventually God is going to take over and then you won't have to worry about it anymore. Um, Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is in thy sword. From men which are of thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid tre treasures. They are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babies. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Um, David is saying, you know, these people are going to attack me. These people are going to go against me. But God, I plan on seeing you. So as much as they're chasing me, as much as they're trying to kill me, I know that they're not going to. And I'm going to see your face. I'm going to see what you have for me. I'm going to make it. I'm going to finish my race. Um, and that's where we have to be at in our confidence in God. Although it doesn't look like we can make it. But understand that God has already said you will. So you must continue to fight regardless of what's going on. And that's the challenge that we face each and every day is even though God has already told us what we're going to do. Um, there is a continual fight in our lives of between people telling that we can't do it and you being a little afraid of doing it. But regardless of those two situations, we have to just keep on stepping and keep on fighting to make it through each and every day um, to make it to what God wants us to make it to. Uh, because, you know, the the best part about God is he gives us autonomy. Um, he's going to let us make a decision, um, even though we make wrong decisions. But those wrong decisions help us get closer because we realize that. I'm making some bad decisions and God is really helping me in these situations. Um, so that that's a blessing because he could just let us make those decisions and never allow us to learn. Um, but he doesn't do that. Um, so it shows that he loves us, A, and B, he wants the best for us. 
So even when you're going through something, even when it hurts, understand that God is still loves you um, and that he brought you through it. So um, even though you had to go through something to get to where you are today, um, you were, you respect it more um, and you love it more because you went through something. If he just gave you everything, you might not respect it enough and you might not really, really take care of it. Um, it's kind of like I said before, if you buy your car versus someone giving you a car, you, you take more time with it and you, you truly understand um, about it because you spent your money on it. You spent the things that you worked hard for. Um, so when you work for um, for this thing called Christianity, you respect it more. You have a, a, a more of a desire to, to really um, take care of it. So that's what is important for us to do. And that's what we have to understand. Anybody have any questions uh, about chapter 17? Kind of went through that. I don't want to say quickly, but understand where David is at this time. He's running from Saul and he's trying to... uh, get to where he needs to get to so it's important that he uh he does things in a timely manner because he never knows what's on the horizon um so there are times when you may not have time to sit down and get on your knees to pray to god you might have to be on the move and do it but don't think you don't have time to do that um he was running for his life and he was still praying to God, um, still asking God to protect him, still asking him to order his steps. Um, so he still believed, even though he was going through so much and it felt like God wasn't there. So we have to be more like David. And even though it seems like God isn't there, trust and believe that he is. Um, just because maybe we're talking or doing too much and we can't hear him. All right, Bert, chapter 18. Um, this is this is David's excitement uh, because in chapter 18, David actually becomes uh, released. Um, he's delivered from Saul. And Saul's not chasing him anymore. He's delivered from the hand of Saul. Um, so this chapter is where David is excited because he's alive. He escaped. Same way we feel when we get away from something um, is the same way that he felt at that time. He he was getting away. He finally got away from the man who was trying to kill him. And so he's excited when he wrote this song uh, because there were things going on that was trying to block him from God's destiny. But because he's kept moving forward, things happened in his favor. In our lives, there are going to be times when things seem like they can't get any better. But just understand that God is working things out and he's going to make it better. Um, And so that's why it's great um, that we get to see the transformation of David, the time when he was basically running from Saul, um, trying to just stay alive. But then there's a time when he rejoices because he made it through. And that's what's important. There's going to be times when you're going to run from everything around you. Um, but just keep running to God and then you'll be able to rejoice because you made it through. Um, every time something bad happens in your life and you make it through, you look back now and say, wow, it wasn't that bad. Um, and that's what we have to say to God. Um, not Maybe not 
what we say is you say, hey, we made it through that time. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was bad in the moment, but understand it's not as bad as we, we thought it was. Um, okay. Verses one and two. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. First thing he says is, I love you, God. Um, you're the reason I'm strong. You made me who I am. Um, you are the foundation under my feet. Um, you're my home. And I, would have, I was running for my life, but you kept blocking everything that was trying to kill me. You were doing everything in your power to keep me alive. And so, God, I love you and I thank you for it. Um, Verse three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies? Um, he's basically worshiping God is saying you're worthy of praise. And that's really what he's saying here is that, God, you are worthy of the praise because I was about to die. I was about to be on my last breath, but you took care of me. And you made sure I made it. Verse four and five, the sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me, compassed me about the snares of death prevented me. I was about to die. Um, everything was closing in on me. I was in this cave and it seemed like I didn't know where to go. I didn't have any return. Um, I couldn't turn around. Um, I was on my last leg, but you came and you helped me um, and I made it out. Verse six, in my distress, I called up on the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of the temple and my cry became came before him, even into his ears. The world is crashing around you. And what do, what do you do? David is saying, if all those things were happening, I still called to God. Um, I could have said, God, you're not helping me. I'm done with you. But he didn't. He called to him regardless of his situation. Now, if we look at our lives, oftentimes we wait to the last minute to call on God. When we've called on everyone else, we've called on our friends, we've called on our family. Um, and when they can't supply us with what we might need or want to hear, then we call on God. Uh, but again, why are we waiting till the last minute to call on God when he should have been the first responder? Um, he should have been the first person we called. I know it's flesh, uh, but we have to get to a point where um, we can't just keep putting God on the back burner and expecting him to be a first, take first action, but we take, we give him second call. We want him to be the first responder, but he's not the first call we make. Um, that's a little backwards. Because if you think about it in terms of your life, real life, if you call, let's say you really wanted your best friend to help you, but you call someone else first, then you call your best friend. But you realistically hope your best friend does what you want it done first, but you didn't call him first. So why should he have to be held accountable to the first response? But that's how we hold God accountable. We will call him second, but want him to work as if he was called first. 
Um, he still will go first as if he was called first. But if he didn't, would it be his fault if he didn't? No, it would be ours because we didn't call him first. So if we get in ourselves in trouble, listen to what I said, if we get ourselves in trouble and we call him second, we might just have something happen to us while we're in that second time calling God. So be careful about not calling God first. And then when you get to the bottom, then you call God and expect him to pull you all the way out. He might pull you all the way out, but it might take a while. Um, he might pull you out inch by inch versus pulling you straight out because he needed you to see. I could have pulled you out when you were falling a little bit. Oftentimes when you just started falling, you call him. He could have pulled you out and it wouldn't have took as long. But we wait till we hit the bottom and then we call him and expect him to move just like that. He can move just like that, but it doesn't show you anything. It becomes your crutch and you never call you. You don't grow from it. You don't learn. And that's not what he wants us to do. He wants us to learn calling him first and he can help us. He can help us regardless when we call him, but he does want to be the first person that we call. Um, okay. Uh, verse seven. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he had wrath. God was angry because what everybody had done um, and what he was doing, God had to show him who he was. Um, although this is before Jesus, um, the Bible is foreshadowing what's yet to come. And so God is showing that people are still rejecting him. Even Jesus hasn't come yet, but people are still rejecting God. And he's upset about it. Um, he's upset that people will reject him regardless of um, what they don't know. What they do know, people shouldn't be rejecting him. Based off what they know about God, there should be no rejection of Jesus Christ. Um, why do I say that? Because um, he created everything that we have. Heavens and the earth. He created everything that we look at. Um, so when we reject Jesus Christ, we're rejecting God because it says no man can enter through the Father but by me. And Jesus said that. So if you reject Jesus Christ, then you're rejecting God because you can't get to God without Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And the sin is the reason why we can't be a direct access to God because we have sin. And sin can't be in the same room, can't be in the presence of God. So we need Jesus as that mediator. And so when you reject Jesus, you're saying you don't you don't want God. You're rejecting God. And that's what um, we have to realize and understand that um, when you reject Jesus Christ, you're basically saying, I don't want to have access to God. I don't need him. That makes God mad because he created everything that we have. And people will say, well, some explosion happened or something. But understand this. If an explosion happened or if we evolved from a certain animal, A, explosions, how did the explosion happen? What did it come from? Something had to interact for an explosion to happen. I'm no science major, no chemistry major, but I do know when something like that with an explosion, there has to be two things going together for something to react and have an explosion. How were those things created? First question. Second question, if you say we evolved from another animal, who created the animal? Where did the animal come from? 
That's all I'm saying. If you don't want to go off the the believings of Jesus Christ and God, um, and you don't want to believe that, you want to have a theory of evolution and whatever you want to have, um, please tell me where those things that we're going off of came from. Where do they? What was the creation behind those? Um, that's my real question. Um, you know, who created these animals that we came from? How did this explosion happen? Or how did we get the sun? How did we get the stars? How are things separated, like the sky and the ground, water in the sky? How was that stuff separated? Who separated those things? They didn't just happen by circumstance. So I just asked for an explanation of those things. If we're not going to agree on the making of it by one creator and that Jesus Christ is real, explain to me those are the things and we can talk from there. My own soapbox. Sorry about that. But yeah. Um, Verse 8 through 11. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under, under his feet. And he rode up on his cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly up on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion. Round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Now, this again, this is foreshadowing to Christ's uh, death. Um, this is talking about when Jesus died, all the things that were going on. Um, there was darkness when Jesus died, um, when he was crucified. And again, if you don't believe in God, how did all this stuff happen? It was literally a dark day. Um, the clouds were looking horrible. Um, it looks like how when it's about to be a terrible storm outside. That's what I envision it looking like. So who did all that? Uh, verse 13 the Lord also thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire he's verse 16-17 um, he sent from above he took me he drew me out of my waters um, he delivered me from the strong enemy and from the from which hated me, for they too strong for me. Again, this is David saying, hey, God delivered me out of everything that I've been through. Um, God rescued me from Saul. Um, he anointed me king. He protected me so that I could become king. Even though I walked through some valleys, even though I walked through some tough times, um, he made sure that I was going to get to the destiny that he ultimately had for me. So in our lives, even though we have to go through a tough time, we have to go through some situations we might not agree with or like. And heck, during those times, we might even question God. Why do I have to be the person going through it? But just know that even though um, you're going through a tough time, God is still going to moving you forward. Um, and so think about it. When you're going through something, you're also moving because you're going through it. Um, so even though it seems like you might be standing still and the things around you are moving, you're still going through it. So that way you're closer and closer to the end. When you go through something, that means you're moving. You have to move to go through. Um, if you think about walking through a tunnel, you're going through it. You're going to walk in the other side. It won't be a tunnel. 
Um, you don't just walk in a tunnel forever. You get through it. Uh, people have all this stuff say you live through it, you grow through it. Um, it's an action. Um, things are happening as you're going through it. Um, and so God is basically telling you, as you go through this, I have something on the other side, but it's imperative that you go through it because you have to understand that I'm working things out so people can see my glory. So as I'm working on you and building you up, you're going through a lot. It hurts a lot. But understand that as I break things up off of you, there are some things that are going to hurt. Um, there are some things that are going to stretch you. There are some things that are going to make you grow. There are some things that you won't like. But understand, God said, I can take care of all those things. But first, I got to remove some of those things up off of you. And taking those things away hurts your flesh. Makes you cry makes you resist want to resist God more because it seems like God why do I, why am I the person hurting so much why am I the person not getting what I deserve because maybe what you deserve is later in your life is down the road and what you're going through right now somebody else couldn't because it was designed for you what's later is designed for you but you had to go through that fire you had to get burned a little bit to really Love later. You had to fall down a few times to truly learn how to walk. You had to skin your knee to really understand what God has for you. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's like when you get like a snake, when they break away, their, they needed the new skin. So they had to get out of it in order to truly get who get bigger and get their new skin when you become a christian some of those things that you're going through and that you have been doing your entire life it doesn't change overnight so to get that change is going to take you do, going through a little bit of hurt and a little bit of pain for you to get that new skin that god has prepared for you but to get out of the old skin you got to break some of that skin um, if you've ever seen some old snake skin, some of it's broken. For the most part, it's intact, but some of it is broken uh, because in order to really get out of it, you got to break it at first so it can start the stretching process. And that's all God is doing in your life. He's got to break it a little bit for you to start the stretching process to get out of your old ways, to get away from the things that you've been doing and start on a new path. Um, so when the snake becomes a new, um, has his new skin, he leaves that old skin where it was. When you get to your next destination, your next level, you got to leave those things that are holding you down where they are. When you get to where God has ordained you to be, some of your friends are going to have to stay where they are. You'll have to leave them. Some of your family has to stay where they are. You can't be around them for a period of time because you got to grow. So it is important that even though you have to leave some things behind, God has prepared something great for you later. Uh, and towards the end of chapter 18, kind of skipped up a little bit because that's what he was saying throughout the next few verses or couple of verses. He actually just goes on to talk about how um, so many times um, he was in trouble. Um, he went through some hard times, but he knew deep down inside he was 
he was anointed um, where he was going, but it was so hard to get there. Think about your life, where you want to go, some of the goals that you have, that you've reached. It might have took you some blood, sweat, and tears to get there. Heck, it might have took you losing some friends, um, losing some money, but you got there eventually. And David's saying, through all that mess, God kept me. Through all that hurt, God protected me. Through everything that each and every one of you have been through or are going through right now, God has not left you. And that's the best part. Even though it hurts, God hasn't left you. That's what's great about our God is regardless of what we're going through, he's still right there by our side. All right. Last two verses. God extends his, well, great deliverance giveth he to his king and sheweth mercy to his anointed, to David and to his seed forevermore. God gives us mercy today. He has it for us. Um, and this is how David closes out. He's saying, um, God shows mercy to his anointed. God showed mercy to David uh, because David went through hell. He was running. He was about to be killed. Somebody literally was chasing him to kill him because he didn't want him to take his spot. Look at your life. How many people have tried to block you because they didn't want you um, to get to where you are? People are literally trying to stop you from getting to where you are because they know that what God said, they can't stop, but they're going to try. It's better for them to try than to not try at all. That's what they believe. It's crazy. People will go out of their way to stop you from getting your blessing because they think you're going to knock them off. They think that you want something from them. When realistically, I'm just getting what God says for me. It has nothing to do with you. That's where people don't understand as Christians. Oftentimes people will think we're trying to um, take everybody else's position. No, I'm trying to take the position that God has said for me. That's what we have to realize is that I'm not trying to take your position. If it happens to be your position, but God has told me it's going to be mine, it had nothing to do with you. That's where the... The disagreements happen is people think it has everything to do with them and it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with God. And God had already told me that I was going to get this position. If you had to lose it in order for me to get it, that's between you and God. God told me that was mine. I wasn't saying that I was coming for you. I was coming for my position. You just happened to be a barrier for my position. But God's going to remove a barrier so that I can get to my position. And that's what people don't understand. If you're the barrier, he's going to remove you. So in your life, the barrier could be people. The barrier could be a place. The barrier could be you. Whatever it is, God will remove it so you can get to whatever he wants you to get to. And when I say you, you're doing things that are blocking you from getting to where God wants you to do. And he's going to stop you from doing those things. Those things might be um, some of the people we hang out with, some of the actions that we're taking. Um, he might have to stop those and remove those out of your life and make you realize that you don't need them because I got something better for you. 
That's all David was saying there on Psalm. He was thanking God for regardless of his situation, sticking with him and staying by his side and thanking God for bringing him out, even though he should have been dead. Um, so that's this really um, touched when I was reading these verses. It really made me think about um, my life because I've had some near death experiences, um, but God stayed with me the whole time. He kept me. Um, you know, I had to go through some stuff, had to, you know, sit down, uh, be still when I wanted to move. And God helped me there um, against my own will, because my own will, I wanted to leave. Um, I wanted to do my own thing, but God had to sit me down. Um, so that way I couldn't move. I'm not saying I went to jail or anything like that, but you know what happened? God had to say, hey. I need you to sit still so that I can totally heal you. Um, and that's what's so great about God. Even when our will seems like it's stronger, his is always stronger. Because um, he knows that your flesh is going to ultimately try and stop it. Your flesh is ultimately going to try and stop what God wants to, wants to do. And so he will more often than not say, hey, I'm going to sit you still so that I can really work on you. So that I can really heal you from whatever it is going on in your life because we know that we're going to tug and pull. And just to kind of give you a quick of what I'm talking about, when I was in college, I got deathly sick to the point where um, I was basically bleeding internally, um, but I didn't know what it was. And uh, I went to the hospital, emergency room, and they didn't know what it was. Um, and so had I not went that night, I probably doctor said I probably wouldn't have made it because I would have bled probably to death on the inside. Um but if you would have came and saw me in the hospital, I looked just fine. I wanted to leave. I wanted to literally get up and leave because I felt fine. Um, I wanted to take off the gown, take off everything that was connected to me and walk up out of the hospital and go home because I was like, I'm fine. But they were saying, no, I wasn't. So they figured out what was wrong with me. Um, so sometimes God will have to sit you down, literally lay you down, tie you down so that he can work on you and heal you. Because if he doesn't, you will kill yourself. And if he's not ready for you to die, he's not going to kill you. But he can't stop you from doing something when you're getting in the way. So he has to stop you from getting in the way. So he blocks it. Um, yeah. So any questions, comments? Um, that was 17 and 18. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, this was a good one. Uh, all of us are going through something or have been through something where it seems like everybody is against us. Everybody isn't trying to help us. Um, things aren't working out in our favor. But if you look at your situation, God has continued to help you. God has continued to carry you. God has continued to stand by your side even when nobody else has been there. Um, so know that God is going to stick with you because he has a great plan for you and it's not yet. You're not done yet. So please believe that because you're still here, God's not done yet. Even though it seems like God has is has been done with you. He's not because he's still working things out for you. You're going through a test. You're going through a struggle. But God, I guarantee is working things out for you. So believe in the things that he has said, um, even if you feel like you're far away from him. Um, he's standing there waiting for you to run to him. Now, when you're while you're running, there will be hurdles. 
and you will have to jump them, knock them over, whatever it is, get to God, whatever it is, knock it out the way. Get those distractions out of your life. But I'm not about to preach y'all sermon. We done. Um, if y'all got any questions, comments, um, definitely let me know. Um, yep. Working it for your good. That's what he's doing. Um, just like the song says, all things work together for my good. Um, listen to that song, Judah Band. Uh, it's the truth. The song is true. And it's the truth because it's good song is the truth because the words in it are true but um next week seven o'clock we'll be doing uh 19 and 20 um, we'll be doing chapters 19 and 20 of psalms um every week seven o'clock well you know bible study um every monday seven o'clock um again we'd love to see you church one sunday um Always open door policy. My invitation to you is always open um, as we um, grow. Um, would love to see you there um, in support of God, not support of me. Um, I'll be preaching, but that doesn't mean um, you come for me. You come to hear a word from God. Uh, but if not, thank you. Uh, you guys be blessed. Uh, be great. Be successful. And have a great, fantastic week.